Hey, what's up? Some of the things that I say might hurt your feelings. I don't mean it, but I just speak what is true. I tear down lies and build up truth. So if you don't like what I say, you can go to the left or you can go to the right. This is not no mush mush. So here I go. Keep on talking, cause you know when you when when you talk a whole lot, we your your ignorance shows up. Okay, well I gotta go. Oh, you gotta go. You gotta go, cause you already showed me how ignorant you are. Yo, sugar down, sugar down, sugar down, down, sugar down, sugar down. supposed to connect you with God. Amen. That's what church is for. That's right. No God have never sent a preacher and put him in a pulpit that teach you about a prosperity plan. That's right. God ain't did that. No, no. Never. 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 God got America with your name on it. God don't want you to be poor. Amen. God want everybody to be millionaires. Everybody rich. You Bible carrying church going suckers. That's right. Am I right? That's right. You're nothing but a sucker. That's it. Because the devil know you want money, but you don't want God. That's right. They'll tell you, give me the money. <laughs> That's right. When I was in Jamaica, T.D. Jakes mm. was there a week before I got there. My Lord. And many people came to the meeting telling me mm -hmm. how for them to get in, yes, sir, Mr. Mm. to get a major seat cost $2,000. My Lord. Get a major seat. Other seats, $1,000. My Lord. That's something. And the people was poor. That's something. That's something. My Lord. You people. My Lord. You send these hustlers in America. Your social security checks. Amen. You pledge millions of dollars to these religious evangelistic liars. That's right. That's right. Jakes. Jakes. Creflo Dollar. Amen. Benny Hill. Amen. Benny Hinn. That's right. They go into poor countries. That's right. And make the poor people pay to see them. Pay to see them. You people that see us in foreign countries. Amen. Any man come from America mm -hmm. to rent a stadium in your country, mm -hmm. and you got to pay to see him, Amen. he's nothing but a robber. That's a robber. That's a robber from America. That's right. That's an American thief. That's right.
That's a thief. That's right. Why the moment that man come in your country and you got to pay to see him, call the police on him. Call the police. Lock him up. That's right. Come with that one. When that religious meeting is of God, anybody can come. Anybody. Let the drunk stagger in there. That's right. Let those that are poor come in there. Amen. Come ye to the water. Ain't got a hallelujah. Ain't got a dime. That's right. But come on. Come, come ye. That's right. Come without money. Without price. And come without price. Without price. That's the old pathway. That's the old path. Years ago, you didn't have to pay money to see preachers. No, no. Years ago, they didn't do it. No, they didn't. Church is a racket. That's right. Church is bigger than a mafia. That's right. That's right. That's right. You preachers? Amen. They are greedy dogs. What? They are greedy dogs. In Isaiah 56 and verse 11. Who let the dogs out? <laughs> That's right. Amen. These dogs like preachers. Yeah. You are greedy. Greedy. When you got some dogs who just roam around. That's right. They just roam. Sometimes they see another stray dog and he hook up with them. Uh-huh. Amen. Years ago, you would never have people going to pay to see preachers. No. no. But church has become a big time, multi billion dollar racket. That's right. You viewers don't like what I'm saying. But you know it's the truth. Amen. Why turn TBN on? Or TV One? That's right. Or BET? Go ahead. Look at the men. Look, look at them. Anything want to be a preacher. If a rap artist or an entertainer <laughs> That's right. is not doing good in music, Amen. what first thing they resort first to? Thing they do. Be a preacher. Be a preacher. That's right. Reverend Ron. That's right. Reverend Ron. That's right. MC Hammer. Amen. Even Al Green tried the pulpit. My Lord. Even Little Richard tried it. That's right. They think God is a game. Amen. Thank God is a joke. Yeah. And you weak-minded things get upset Rap, with me Rap. because I tell you what God said. That's right. I don't care what you think of me. Amen. Hate me if you want. Amen. It is written. Mm-hmm. Preach the word. Preach the word. Be instant. That's right. I give my life for it. Amen. That's why we can preach it. That's right. Yeah, they are greedy dogs. Listen at this in Isaiah chapter 56 and verse, and verse 10. 10. At verse 10. Listen. His watchmen are blind. Preacher is the watchman. Amen. But he's suffering with spiritual cataracts. That's right. A bad condition of divine glaucoma. That's right. Too much blocking his vision. Amen. Too much money. Too much money. Until he deliberately overlooked what's in the book. That's right. Yay. In, in Jeremiah chapter. A preacher. That's right. They are waxing fat. They will violate the scriptures to make money. That's right. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. That's right. Don't you know if a preacher own a business or own a hall or something? Mm-hmm. A preacher can't rent their hall out for people to have a dance? No. No way. Make money off sinners dancing That's right. and property owned by the preacher. By the preacher. That's true. 
You can't talk about Jesus in one hand. That's right. And then gonna give folks freedom to party in another. Amen. You can't get sweet and bitter water from the same fountain. That's right. Either you of God or you of the devil. That's right. Either it's God's house or a whole house. That's right. There is no in between. No in between. Amen. Talk back to me. Amen. His watchmen are blind. Watchmen. Mm -hmm. Blind leaders. Blind. Blind. Everything. Mm. Don't misunderstand me. It takes money to function. Amen. But you ain't got to manipulate the people to get it. No. Ten dollar boy. The ten dollar prayer line is almost played out. Thousand dollar prayer line. That's right. Two thousand dollar prayer line. Amen. The price going up now. Oh yeah. Mm. You ain't got no cash, credit will do. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. Getting into the kingdom of God is a message of the past. That's right. Think of it, viewer. Think of it. Turn your television on. And you probably can count the preachers on one hand who's teaching you how to live in the way that God demands and teach you to do what it takes yes. to stay out of hell. Amen. Hell is not even a subject on television. That's right. Because the preachers are busy worrying about who they're going to offend. That's right. Don't want to offend nobody. Nobody. Don't want to offend that person in the congregation that gives them big tithing and big offering. Amen. He don't want to offend his brother-in-law who's running a, a racket. That's right. He don't want to offend his blood brother who's running a racket. That's right. The preachers are too scared who they're going to hurt. Scared. Scared. I am totally the opposite. I don't care who I hurt. Amen. If you don't like me, tough. It's tough. I was born naked. Right. I shall die the same way. That's right. His but while you live on the beat, Amen. do God's will. That's it. That's right. What have you gained when you don't robbed all the money from the people? My Lord. You still got to stand before God. Still. You are so focused mm. on being rich. Mm -hmm. You are so focused mm -hmm. on getting your own private jet. That's right. You are so focused That's right. on getting your own yacht. Amen. Don't misunderstand me. If you work with your own hands and got these things, fine. Fine. But to get it off the backs of poor people, you deserve to go to hell. That's right. Thank God I woke up, the Ku Klux Klan woke up this morning. The drug pushers woke up this morning. I thank God that I made another 24 hours in the most vicious, nasty, hateful, insane nation that's ever existed with my wits, without hating, without being bitter, without being mean. And I thank God that I survived 24 hours in that type of atmosphere with the with the with, with the type of amusement and friendliness, and and so I would say to young folks, um, don't be in a state of denial of the racism and sexism, but don't let that block you. Don't teach your children that you have to be twice as good as a white. That's an awful thing to teach your child. Mm -hmm. That's like saying because you're black, uh, white America has a right to change your dollar for 
94 cents. But we used to get 50 cents, and before that we used to get nothing. <clears throat> Young folks have to say, we don't want more change for a dollar. <clears throat> Excuse me, we want a full dollar's change for a dollar, or this cash register will never ring again. Yes. I would also like for young uh, blacks to understand that about 83% of all employment happened with small businesses. And uh, <coughs> if you don't have a small business, then you have nobody to work for you. And I would say to young blacks, get into entrepreneurship. We will never catch up with white America till we get into business because there's a thing called tax write-offs. And if you have a job and come together, 10 of you, and open up a corporation and have somebody run it, you hire somebody to run it, but you have tax write-offs. 98% of people that fly first class on airplanes would not be there if that wasn't a write-off. And yet... On that first class, they gave away last year $800 million, almost a billion dollars of free whiskey. But if a welfare mother asked for some apple juice for the baby, mm -hmm. she's laughed at. Mm -hmm. And so I would say entrepreneurship and then understand that we will never survive as a group until we get into communities and not neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. A community is, I control the police, the banks, the schools, the firefighters, and I control the flow of the money. And I have no problem when I go in a Jewish neighborhood and the shop owners are Jewish and I go into an Italian neighborhood and shop owners are Italian. I have a problem when I come in a black neighborhood and the shop owners is not me. Uh, a Korean has a right to come in and buy my shop for $30 million more than it's worth. That's good business. But if we decide that we're not going to do business with that one, then he'll have to sell it back or she'll have to sell it back to a black person <laughs> for a million dollars. Yes. And then the money circulates and circulates and that's how you change. We've been so busy dealing with the hurt and the pain and the misery and glamorizing a hand few that have made it that we have never really looked at like they say your role model if you haven't got a role model in your house you should fall on your knees and yes. pray to God because something is wrong yes and 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 so I would say to young folks it's not about alcohol but it's hard for me to say that to you when a five-year-old got to reach past mama's beer and papa's wine to get some mayonnaise. I would also say to young folks that the number one drug that will wipe you out is not cocaine, it's not heroin, it's marijuana, and they deliberately make that a recreation drug, but it stays in the muscles, it stays in the blood, and it will wipe out your memory bank. And also, this is the first time in the history of TB that TV has always been known as po folks. It's the first time that TV is not running rampant in the ghetto. It's running rampant in middle-income white America because it's the marijuana that they spray, and that's no accident. And so I would just say to young folks, you have to reevaluate everything you've been taught. 
I would say to the black folks that just because a black person is 90 years old don't mean they have wisdom and you need to listen to them because if you was dumb and stupid when you was nine, you're dumb and stupid when you're 90. White man into a preacher. He ain't making you for Jesus. He's making you for himself. Just bear with me, because most of us as preachers, we've been made by the white man. He give you a degree, call you a doctor of divinity, and you happy. You know who I am? You want my number? <laughs> and then you preach a gospel that makes your enemy happy. But God is not happy when you preach a gospel that you claim is the gospel of Jesus Christ, but Jesus didn't know nothing about it. Jesus never preached Christianity. Listen, if I upset you, I'm not trying to upset you. But Christianity is a white man's made up religion. Wait a minute. Where did Christianity start? Didn't start where Jesus was teaching. What was the Council of Nice like? Where a Nicene Creed was evolved in 325 AD. Who gave you the cross? Who taught you that the cross was your salvation? Jesus didn't say that. Constantine had a vision one night. Constantine was a white man who became Caesar of Rome. He had a vision. And in that vision, he saw a cross with these Latin words under it, in hoc signo winces, meaning with this sign, we conquer. So the white man came, gave you the Bible, gave you the cross, conquered your land, took your resources, and took your mind.
messenger said, if Christianity was a wet rag and you wrung it out, every drop would write slavery. Wait, I'm not trying to hurt your feeling. I'm trying to free you from that which you have an idea. Something is wrong with what you preaching. What you're teaching started in Rome. Not in Jerusalem. You say, well, wait a minute, Farrakhan. There's so much good in what I, yes, of course. Satan can't trick you unless he give you something good, then twist, turn. You've been mastered by the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And you've been biting that fruit. So today you're so confused is down and down is up right is wrong wrong is right truth is a lie and the lie is the truth and you're on your way to heaven are you sure New York City it was a dark Saturday afternoon. The minute black woman came up, the only question I heard from her was, you Martin Luther King? And I said, yes. The next minute I felt something beating on my chest. Before I knew it, I had been stabbed by this demented woman. That blade had gone through and the x-rays revealed the tip of the blade was on the edge of my aorta the main artery and once that's punctured you're drowned in your own blood that's the end of it it came out in the new york times the next morning that if i had merely sneezed i would have died after my chest had been opened and the blade had been taken out from all over the states and the world kind letters came in one of them i will never forget i had received one from the president and the vice president i've forgotten what those telegrams said i received a visit and a letter from the governor of new york but i've forgotten what that letter said but there was another letter that came from a little girl said simply dear dr king while it should not matter i would like to mention that i'm a white girl i'm simply writing you to say that i'm so happy that you didn't sneeze and i want to say tonight I want to say tonight that I too am happy that I didn't sneeze because if I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been around here in 1960 when students all over the South started sitting in at lunch counters. And I knew that as they were sitting in, they were really standing up 
are the best in the American dream, taking the whole nation back to those great wells of democracy, which were dug deep by the founding fathers in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been around here in 1961. We decided to take a ride for freedom and ended segregation in interstate travel. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been around here in 1962. The Negroes in Albany, Georgia, decided to straighten their backs up. And whenever men and women straighten their backs up, they are going somewhere because a man can't ride your back unless it is bent. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been here in 1963. Black people... Birmingham, Alabama, aroused the conscience of this nation and brought into being the Civil Rights Bill. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have had a chance later that year in August to try to tell America about a dream that I had had. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been down in Selma, Alabama to see the great movement there. If I had sneezed, I wouldn't have been in Memphis to see a community rally around those brothers and sisters who are suffering. I'm so happy that I didn't sneeze. Like anybody, I would like to live. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing anything. My have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. That we're free. You told us that there is justice, equality for all in this country. Well, then stick to your word and let us see the justice and equality for all. Or else admit to us that you're not a man. You're a word. You're afraid of us. You're afraid to give us equal stand. You're afraid that if you give us equal ground that we will match you and we will override you. And if that's what you're afraid of us, then, then tell us that just what you're afraid of. But don't keep hiding it from us and, and holding this up to us. And every time we ask you for something, you give us a little bit of something. And it's all tokenism. We don't want tokenism. And there are most black men in this world that don't want charity. And yet still, every time we ask you for something, you give us a little piece, a little piece. You're playing games with us. We're not children. We're, we're big men. I've seen my father have to put up with all kinds of stuff. He was a big man. He raised a family. He went down south and he had to go around to the back door with his wife. We're not asking for anything. We're not asking for any favors. All we want is what's ours. Now, there are many black veterans who are coming back and they're mad. They're angry. Do you think that they're going to sit down through this? Our fathers didn't have the knowledge that we had. They sat through it. But there are other black youth that are not going to sit through it. We know about Che. We know about Fannin. We've read the books of our revolution. We've listened to Mal and his quotations. We know where we stand. We're not going to sit for it. We're asking, and if we ask and we don't get, we're prepared to stand up and take it. If I ask a man, I tell a man I am hungry. I tell him I am cold. 
And I ask him to do something about my condition. And this man holds a loaf of bread right in front of me so I can see it. And I keep asking him, I'm begging him to please give me a slice of the loaf of bread. I am hungry. Then it is known by every psychologist that the next step in the progression is I am going to knock him upside the head and take the bread from him. I'm not going to starve to death. All we're asking, no one wants to see blood, no one likes the smell of blood, no one wants war. Anyone who's been in war doesn't want war. Everyone knows what it is to see the inside of a man's gut hanging out and see your friends die, see relatives die. No one wants to regress back to the state of mind where you have to think it's all for the cause. Therefore, my mother has to die, my wife has to die, my brothers and sisters have to die. No one wants that. But you're pushing us to it. You're leaving us no choice. We're asking, we're begging. The students up at Columbia, they ask. The brothers down south ask. The brothers in Latin America, the brothers in Africa, they're all asking. All they're doing is asking. Our fathers ask. Our grandfathers ask. The presidents of our universities, our colleges, had to go to your back doors to beg that their children be given just enough money so that they could be taught something to live off. And, and yet still, they ask and ask and ask, and you refuse to give them anything. Now, we're, all, we're just about out of patience. We're not going to ask anymore. The news media says that it's only the young that are militant, only the young that want this and want that. Okay, but we're 40% of the black population now. Or we were a year ago, and still yet we're climbing. Before long, we'll be 50%, 55%, and then we'll have the command. We're not going to take it. We're not going to take it. flooded the community with drugs. That's a terrible thing. But then we asked the Democrats to do something about it. What'd they do? They locked up everybody who sold drugs and left the crackheads to raise the community. <laughs> Thank you, Democrats. <laughs> and this is the funny part. The person who broke the bill for all of the locking up is the nigga you asking us to vote for now. Which is hilarious that you say the Republicans didn't do anything when in fact, as terrible as Donald Trump is, he made it so that all of those people who were locked up were able to vote again, giving us voting power again. All those people who had felonies that could not vote can now vote again and they voted for the nigga who put them in prison. Good job, black community. <laughs> Way to stick together, Reagan. They, as soon as they set up a Congress in the United States, the first act of Congress said, let's solve this problem. So the first thing they did was pass what they call the first Immigration Act. It says this is a white nation and the quota on blacks coming here other than as a slave is zero. Zero, zip, none, nothing. And that stayed in effect until 1966 when it was raised to one half of 1%. And I still see black folk displaying inappropriate behavior. They can't figure out why you can't get, why you cannot get Haitians into the country. I said, God knows, don't you know what your law is? The reason you cannot get Haitians into the country because they're still fearful of you getting a large, significant black population and being a threat to the society. 
I said, anytime you got boats floating around off of the, off the west coast of Africa for three months, you had over 3,000, 4,000 blacks on there who were sick, starving to death. Not one single country offered to bring them in. Not this country. At the same time, this country has had refugee programs for every racial and ethnic extraction on earth but black folk. And where is our civil rights leaders? Where is our black leadership? Why aren't they raising issues about it? Instead of them going down there and say, why don't, why can't blacks come in from the islands and from Haiti? They do the same thing because they're seeing things upside down and backwards. They do the same thing the whites do. They say, well, what we need to do is, is invade that country and make them stay there. Let's improve the conditions there. And so that way they have nice places there. Rather than say, no, no, you didn't improve all the conditions in Mexico. In El Salvador and Nicaragua and Hungary and all these other countries, when the people came in, you didn't improve all the conditions in Vietnam to bring in the people. Why do you keep asking these special things blacks? No leadership will raise the questions. Because you see no black leadership in America wants to raise the real issues about why we cannot raise our population and others can. In a social democracy where the majority will win and the minority will lose, we are the only, we are the only planned systematically, permanently classified minority. Which means that we are the only people who will always lose based on immigration laws and the quotas coming into this country. Unless we start to develop some very specific ways of dealing with it, that's what powernomics is about. I start telling you, you gotta start changing the rules, turn things back upside down. You gotta always practice, how do you get to be the majority? We're thinking about media discernment, because this is kind of where we're getting to here. Something to keep in mind when you're watching movies is recognizing that even if you're thinking critically about what's going on, when you hear a message, you cannot unhear it. So some people say, well, with media, you can just eat the meat and spit out the bones. That works for a buffet. <laughs> but when you're listening to something or watching something, you have ingested it. Um, and once a lie is in your mind, you can't necessarily like get it out in a sense. So that's why I say repeated messages are really common propaganda techniques. Studies have found that students who hear a message repeatedly, even if they know it's false, will begin to answer questions as though they think it's true. That's called the illusionary truth effect. So just recognize when you're watching the media, you're being exposed to repeated messages from a secular worldview that is going to have an impact on your mind. Use biblical discernment as you're watching it and as you're choosing what you're watching. Someone might truly care about you, but trust me, they will lose interest. If they always make you their first priority, and you always treat them like your last thing that I've always wanted to ask very powerful white men is what else do you want? What don't you have already? You have most of the resources on this planet. You made up the concept of money and beat people into submission. Money has no value, especially not the American dollar. Why are you so angry? What have black people done but take care of your children? Build your America for you. I know there is not an answer that's worth giving and they don't have to give us an answer. But I always wondered, why are you so fucking mad? Esau will never be satisfied because he does not have salvation nor a covenant with the Most High. Okay, we'll get back to bags in a second. Everyone's worried about World War III and a nuclear attack in America. Realistically, if you were within six miles of a radioactive or a, an atomic blast, you're dead. If you look at that blast, you're blind. Um, if you're within 17 miles of the blast, you're going to receive radiation poisoning. 
But let's say you're within the quote-unquote safe zone. You're further than 17 miles away from the blast. You didn't look at it directly. What is your chances of survival or exposure to radiation? Well, the blast is going to launch dust, radioactive dust, 50 uh, miles up into the atmosphere. And it's going to go wherever the wind is blowing. However, a chemical called Prussian blue can remove radiation from your thyroid that is inhaled through that dust. You don't need a prescription to have it, and you should probably have some in your real bug out bag. And the safest place to be is underground. Okay. Dig this, I'm gonna put you on game. We meet everybody for a reason, right? You get some of these people who come into your life, man, who treat you any type of way, but then you get some who come in and they, they do right by you, you know? They do right by you. Now, here's the problem. You usually find that out after the situation is over, who they really were to you. Explain something to you, man. Some people who loving you unconditionally and, and, and getting treated, you treating a certain type of way, what you don't know is those people have a covering, those people have a calling. Their life will never be the same once you cross that line with them. You got certain ones in this world where you cannot cross and you cannot play with because they are covered and they're protected, but even if they don't even know it yet, I advise you to do right by people and do something safe out here. <laughs> you dig? People off. Man, I treated like second-class citizens in society. Let's count them many ways. One, if anything was to go wrong in a relationship, a relationship dissolves or anything goes awry, automatically the man is to blame. The man oftentimes get a bad rap. And the narrative goes a little something like this. He must have cheated. He must not have met her emotional needs because he was neglectful or he was an abuser. Irrespective of whatever happens in that relationship, the man walk away as to blame. Number two, no matter how hard a man has it in life, he's always expected to just suck it up and deal with it. God forbid that he shows a modicum of emotion or he shows a little bit of frustration or he cries, he's automatically labeled as aggressive or even weak. He's a weak man, he's a wuss, he's a wimp for showing emotions and crying. Men are oftentimes expected to deal with whatever life tosses their way Deal with it like a man, suck it up like a man, and not show even a little bit of emotion. Three, men are oftentimes expected to protect and provide. Well, who protects them? Women get all up in arms when told to nurture their men. They think it is an act specifically reserved for children. Men have needs too. Four, when a woman hits a man, society do not frown as much. But let the reverse be true, and a man hits a woman. Number five, women cheat just as much as men do. The percentages are very similar in number. But let society tell it though, men are serial cheaters. Number six, men are victim of domestic violence, sexual abuse, and harassment. But you're not ready for that conversation though. Seven, men are expected to always make the first move, whether it be to approach a woman that they like or whatever. Even at home, men are still expected to initiate sexual contact, to initiate sex. Man, it has to be hard to be a man. Number eight, 
Women could be stay-at-home moms and nobody says a thing. But if an arrangement calls for a man to be a stay-at-home dad, he is viewed as a deadbeat, he's a scrub, he's lazy, this, that, and the other. Number nine, most suicide victims are men. Every 60 seconds, we, we lose a man to suicide. Imagine if the reverse was true for women. Number 10, let's talk about the unfair custody arrangements in society, how it is egregiously, unfairly skewed towards women. Shall we talk about how a man's life could be totally annihilated and destroyed by a simple claim of sexual assault? First of all, I just want to say thank you for all the people that's listening and chiming in on me. You didn't have to do it, but you did it anyway. So I appreciate you doing that. Hopefully that way if we can learn how to agree to disagree and we can live like people. When I make the hard topics, I say the hard things, I make the thing itch scratch. So if your itch is not scratching and you scratching on the itch, Maybe you need to look yourself in the mirror. So, I'm not here for no drama. I'm not here for no nothing. Just to learn, 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 and edify. This is from learning situations only. So, I'm not here to get anybody's hairs up. So, again, thank you. And hopefully we can agree to disagree. somebody says you know these men out here we women are up here grooming them for their next person while they're damaging us well there's a partial truth to that here's my personal opinion yes are there toxic people out there both men and women that you're spending and wasting your time on and trying to be patient and waiting for them to change and then you feel like they never change and though they force you to actually leave the situation and then you see them jump into another relation and be everything that you was wanting them to be when you was with them that's the most frustrating thing ever yes that does happen but here's another side to look at some of us we are in situations with people who actually are trying to change who are growing and maturing but sometimes we are the people who do not allow people to really change what we do is keep reminding them of their past transgressions or their past mistakes and we keep holding that over their head because we truly haven't forgiven and so that person can never be the person we want them to be because we still have a lens and a filter of what we think they should have done and should have been before all of the hurt and the pain. So we end up having to leave the situation or they have to leave us because we don't let them be the new person that they have grown to mature to be. So that other person now is benefiting because they don't know that old person. They only know the person that they have met now. They know the new person who's grown and mature, but you wouldn't allow that person to be the grown and mature person because you were still holding on to your bitterness and unforgiveness. And that's the truth that some of us don't want to take a hold of. There's one thing I learned in life, man. If you go around treating people wrong, 
doing people wrong. If a motherfucker treating you right and you turn around and give him your ass a kiss, then you dogging them out. You might as well get ready, strap up that motherfucking seatbelt, strap up them motherfucking shoelaces, strap up that motherfucking belt, and get motherfucking ready, because motherfucking karma is coming back to haunt your ass. Make this make sense. If you go to Google and type in, my wife is yelling at me, the first thing that pops up is going to be a prompt telling you that you need to talk to her calmly, talk about how it makes you feel, right? Seems normal, right? But then if you go to Google and type in, my husband is yelling at me, boom, domestic violence, first thing that pops up. So it only counts as domestic violence when a man is yelling, but not when a woman is yelling. Make that make sense, because I'm confused. The best partner isn't the best looking, the funniest, or even the richest. It's the one that makes sure you know he loves you every single day. To the men holding on to dead relationships and to the men holding on to dead relationships only. I know how much you love her. I know how much you care for her. I know how much you miss her. But if she decided to walk out of your life when all you did was be a good man, you gotta let it go. If she decided to leave your life when all you were was solid, you gotta let it go. If she decided that another man was more important than you when you showed her how important you were, you gotta let it go, okay? Delete the pictures, delete the videos, delete the text thread, block her on social media if you have to. But brother, if you wanna be able to heal properly and move on with your life, you gotta let her go. I just got one thing to say. If you find somebody who could tolerate your mood swings and your attitude, and they know what you've been through and they try their best to adjust and understand because of what you've been through, hold on to them. They hard to come back. Um, the phrase men ain't shit, that shit is canceled. Watch this. I'm cheating. If he goes on vacation with his boys, I am cheating. If he goes outside the country to go visit his mama or in another state to visit his mama, I am going to cheat while he is gone. If he have female friends, I'm cheating. If he have male friends, I'm still cheating. It's not even just the video. Look at the fucking comment. This is so iconic. This needs to be an anthem. We are the same. I cheat for every reason, so my mind is at ease. And these are women. Do you remember back in part one of my series, all the way back to part one, you remember when I said that women have no business saying men ain't shit because women are just as bad, if not worse than men. And y'all swore up and down that I was so full of shit when I said that. Do y'all also remember when I said that women will encourage other women to be toxic, but when you try to encourage women to do better in their relationships and treat their men with the same respect that you want him to treat you, you get bashed, you get hate comments, trust me, I fucking know. And these same women will be the women who swear up and down that men are the problem. Listen, guys, don't ever let women manipulate you into thinking 
that they actually have real options. Okay, see, women have options when it comes to sex. So they can get sex anytime, any day of the week, whatever, that's going to happen. But what a lot of women do is they try to get you to think that they have all these other guys that actually want them. So the reason why they do that is because they want to be able to get you to do certain things for them. They're like, you know, well, you should take me out here and you should spend this amount of money and you should do this for me because I can get another guy who's going to do that. So if you don't do it, I'm going to replace, you know, you with that guy. But understand they don't have options like that. They have a lot of guys who want to smash, but they don't have a lot of guys who care. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so don't have them trying to trick you into thinking that they have the options when they really don't. Sam Hank, they going to hell is this? These people are after our children like a thief in the night. From critical race theory that teaches little white kids that they should feel guilty for being white, I mean pretty much, to now this new House Bill 233 on common law marriage and some other stuff they like to hide away in a bunch of gibberish to confuse the public. But it makes this stand out, the fact that this bill doesn't have an age limit on marriage, which allows children of any age to be married or without parental consent allowing perverted old men to marry underage children probably 12 and maybe even younger and if that's not crazy enough now we have y'all star Celine Dion advertising her new gender neutral clothing line that ain't nothing but satanic I tell y'all you know what y'all keep sipping gin and tonic drinking Starbucks $12 coffee and cruising the Pacific talking about you living your best life if y'all don't wake up somebody's going to own you and your children children's lives and their future. Listen, I'm telling y'all, y'all best start listening or generations are going to be lost, people. Transgender movement, identity movement, all this is a planned crisis in America. And I tell you what, if America isn't Babylon, it's sure operating in the spirit of Babylon. Everything these people are trying to do, has been, we have been forewarned about in scripture. Satan's finest hour will be a mass manipulation of the church and the state. And he has already infiltrated governments around the world. We are on a fast track to global new world order. And y'all stuck on assimilation narratives like uh, Black Lives Matter, racism, 111 different strands of COVID. While social media shines a spotlight on white Karen's busy disrupting barbecues and calling the police. The police when he answers the call and now he's being charged with police brutality because he handcuffed somebody and put a joke in handcuffs too tight, then throw them on the ground after asking him nicely, you know what I'm saying, politely several times, yes, all that kind of stuff is making headlines, but no, no one is highlighting all these satanic agendas, uh-huh, that's being forced on society, oh God, watch this, watch this, it's okay, it's okay, I'm Celine Dion, dream of tomorrow, we may thrust them forward into the future, but the course will always be theirs to choose. Black gold dust, monsters popping up in the crib, wearing New World Order clothing, Lord, they want our
stage where we are about to, and I'll say this boldly, we're about to abandon the traditional system of money and accounting and introduce a new one. And the new one, the new accounting, is what we call blockchain. It means digital. It means having an almost perfect record of every single transaction that happens in the economy, which will give us far greater clarity over what's going on. It also raises huge dangers in terms of the balance of power between states and citizens. In my opinion, we're going to need a digital constitution of human rights if we're going to have digital money. Uh, but also, this new money will be sovereign in nature. Most people think that digital money is crypto and private, but what I see are superpowers introducing digital currency. The Chinese were the first. The U.S. is on the brink, I think, of moving in the same direction. The Europeans have committed to that as well. And the question is, will that new system of digital money and digital accounting accommodate the competing needs of the citizens of all these locations so that every human being has a chance to have a better life? Because that's the only measure of whether a world order really serves. And the title of this session, are we ready for a new world order. That is the purpose of this discussion today, so let's get on with it. The thing about this comment is that he's not lying. You know how many times I've witnessed this? You know how many times I have seen with a dude who does nothing for her? get all the benefits, right? And the dude who will go out his way for her, she friend zones him, right? Don't pay him no mind, right? But he will cross the ocean for her, right? Meanwhile, this other dude wouldn't step over a puddle for her. There's a lot of girls like this. It's a lot of them. And I'm not, as a woman, gonna pretend like I don't see it, right? Because that's an issue when you pretend like you don't see a problem. It's definitely a problem. It, we're not gonna act like we don't see these girls online bragging about wanting hood dudes, wanting thugs. There's something mentally wrong with you, sis. There's something wrong with you, right? You need to go get help. We're not gonna sit and act like we don't see the girls in comment sections bragging about sneaky links. But then there's another man that you're requiring dates and everything else from. Y'all are baffling. Call him Kunye West, America gonna be destroyed. No doomsday threats. It's gonna get hit with ballistic missiles from Gog and Magog. You shouldn't have had liposuction. Should have jogged the weight off. We the resistance. Hear the bravery in my voice? You lied to us when you said slavery was a choice. Nigga must have smoked up a whole quarter piece. 1441, we was kidnapped by the Portuguese. When I hear the words, make America great again. All it means is make blacks and Latinos slaves again. You said Bush don't care about black people. When it comes to cooning, you're a Barkley and Shaq's equal. You was the realest spitter ripping the beat up. Now you in a something place, phone clicking the teacup. Yeah, 
learning you're a slave mom turning in her grave lyrical sermon on the page just burning off the america was great when they stole the land from the natives it was great when they brought blacks over on slave ships it was great when they prospered our free labor it was great when burning our bodies was sweet savior it was great when they could rape our women at will it was great when they did our children like emmett till it was great when firemen sprayed us with hoses it was great when they killed all our modern day moses could you cherish a place where we perished in hate then wear a hat that says you want to make america great your character's fake saying trump represents freedom he's eat him he told cops when you stop blacks mistreat him everything changed when you got with that ratchet thought your mom's casket dropped evil cerebral and rapid thoughts the aftershock you started tweaking off acid drops high as an astronaut i bet this shit happened to travis scott watch the throne you really sold yourself a dream it seems the people highest up got the lowest self-esteem you made back on the road to hell you should be wearing that hat that says your soul is for sale yeah, look at all this backlash hate first you backstab hold then you backstab drake mk ultra i stuck in your mouth wide this ain't the same kumbaya from the south side america was great when cotton picking with bloody fingers it was great when we called Mexicans beaners. It was great when we didn't have a voice to speak. It was great when they fed us scraps, no choice to eat. It was great when they fed our babies to gators. It was great when they beat us before the taser. It was great in the 20s, 30s, and 40s. It was great when the media didn't cover our stories. Yeah, Deacon, AKA Five Lords, Kari. All praise you, how about Shimmy? I was shy. Hey, Kanye, man, get out. You out of pocket, homie. All the Jews, all the gems, all the jewels and gems you gave us about our history, all the social injustice that you spoke out about. And now this, this ain't the land of our rest. All right? We under curses, we Israelites. They're not for us, man.